Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. And today we have two very amazing guests. They are Ferranti and Jeff. They're awesome. They're our friends. And, you know, they're here to chat about a bunch of metaphysical stuff, some uh, spiritual experiences, things in that world. But mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. Lilydale. Astrology. Lots of Tarot. Stuff. Yeah. We're not going to, like, spill too much, though, because it's a long episode. Um, before we get into it, do you want to tell them where they can find So you can us follow at? us over on Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, at at Arlene. You can follow us on Twitter where we tweet a lot at edpro underscore pgh. You can follow us on Facebook if you feel like it. We don't want really to do much on there, but we have it. It's <laughs> at Arlene PGH. Uh, and then if you like what we do, we post Rake Infused videos to YouTube almost every single day. You can go over there and like and subscribe. And you can go to our website at Arlene.com and sign up for our email list to get a free Reiki session almost every single month. Yeah. There it is. So, um, it's been a while. We know we haven't posted, uh, we had like a break for a couple months and this is a two part episode. So this is the first part. Next week we'll have the second part and then we're going to get back into it. Um, I think we're going to talk about different types of channeling in the later episodes. Yeah. Um, I want to do one about astrology, like the astrological houses, but not what you're thinking. I, like we've had a conversation about how... Um, you can like look at your chart and you can see how certain energies are going to play in your life. And I thought it'd be fun to like talk about the houses because if you don't have like certain, um, if you don't have things in certain houses, it can indicate like whether it's important or not to you, which is really cool. Uh, kind of think of other topics. I don't know. We have, we have a to couple us. topics. Yeah. We're ready to get unload on you guys yeah the fae's another one we have a friend who works with the fae who i am trying to convince you i think it'd be a good idea for us to do the interviewing each other again yeah we might do that again that's i've been listening to like a lot of the old episodes and you guys should too it's really good mm-hmm. but i thought it'd be cool to do an update since it's been like three years now since we have the podcast yeah. isn't that crazy yeah it's been a while and i think that we've both grown metaphysically speaking severely <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah a lot so uh, that'll be fun we can consider that yeah. Yeah, I feel like, too, like, if we do that, it might, like, spill the beans on some of our practices. So, like, some of the things we don't, like, talk about on the podcast. <laughs> what, what if I do, like, a, um, like, I don't know what they call it, plead the fifth on certain things? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's Pass, funny. pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, like, the spirits want us to talk about certain things. Or bring them up at all, I mean. We'll see. It'll yeah. be fun. Um... And then we'll probably talk about a our Halloween uh, shenanigans because we're gonna go to a graveyard with our friends friends who are on this podcast and do some stuff. <laughs> do some magic. <laughs> <laughs> not at night though, and um, it's not as dramatic as it sounds. But that'll probably be a story. Mm-hmm. Unless it's not, it might be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> anything that we do is boring <laughs> yeah so. um i'm trying to think of a renaissance fair we're doing that i'm an elf it's gonna be great it's gonna be my badass self yeah i'm gonna be the lone elf in <laughs> a group of uh <laughs> but i found ears that match my skin and you know I got, it'll, like, it'll uh, be fun it'll be fun i i really enjoy the renaissance festival so yeah i just like dressing up i'm so. gonna go get some beer and i'm gonna bring my runes with me probably Look at, okay, of course. Gotta have those. Look at some stuff. <laughs> Find, buying some metaphysical stuff. 
Yeah, They yeah. have a lot of vendors. Yeah, so I might fun. get a new deck or something. Yeah. As if we... We were supposed to go a couple weeks ago, but things came up. But it's like a, a redo. We're ready. Um, yeah. But I think we should get into the podcast. Yeah, we should get sweet into it. We're short just and sweet. rambling. So anyways, get into the episode. It's awesome. And more to come. More to come. And yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> guys we're back and today we have Ferranzi and Jeff and they're here to talk about all kinds of stuff we're really excited <laughs> um we've been trying to have them on the podcast for like months now yes and we finally have them here so um do you guys want to tell them a little bit about yourselves definitely all right well <laughs> true to form uh I'm a vibrant Gemini my name is Ferranti. um I guess, what do I say about myself? I'm originally from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, the next question that you will have is, yes, I was raised Mormon. Um, <laughs> everybody always asks that. Uh, no, I do not have multiple wives. That's typically the following question from there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've lived in Pittsburgh for about eight years now, would yeah. you say? Yeah. Um, it's a great city. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it here. Um, it's just the right size. Philadelphia is a little bit overwhelming for me, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, originally a desert-born person, um, and then my husband Jeff obviously lives with me as well, so you want to... Yeah, I, uh, I moved to Utah, uh, found what I was looking for here in this man, and uh, we moved uh, back to Pittsburgh uh, about eight years ago. So, I guess from a spiritual perspective, I... Franti was an atheist when, when I met him. Okay. So, uh, you know, we were members of a small spiritualist community north uh, in Chautauqua County, New York, uh, Lilydale Assembly, and I actually first went to Lilydale in 2004 uh, for the first time, and, and went to a series of, of week-long kind of sessions, and, and kind of really, that was my introduction to spiritualism, and then when we moved here uh, in the heart of the pandemic, oh, geez. Uh, I decided that I would introduce my husband to one of my favorite places, and we spent in, in that's really kind of where our spiritual journey began. Yeah. About two years ago. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Yeah, we want to go to Lilydale because of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to get into a caravan yeah. one day and just go. Uh-huh. I wonder if you can charter like a personal Greyhound. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's awesome. We'll do a party bus. Right. right. For real. <laughs> just For real. You guys I'll, went recently, right? Yeah, we actually went last weekend. Um, we always go before season opens. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what Lilydale is, so it's essentially a uh, small community. It's a little hamlet in the beautiful forests of New York. Um, largest, I mean, small community. Largest, largest spiritual, spiritual center. Spiritual center in the world. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, they have, uh, you know, pretty much all different types of, of craft, you know, represented there. A lot of uh, traditional spiritualism. Um, tarot, Reiki. Tarot, Reiki. You know, it's kind of a mishmash uh, there. Mm. Yeah, but it, it's essentially a lot like, uh, a lot of people are familiar with, like, Sedona, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, there's the vortex or vortices in Sedona. Vortices? Yeah. Vortices in Sedona. Um, so, Lilydale's very similar. There are five? Five total. Five on the ground wow. themselves. Which is kind of like, you know, when you think of the number of people that go to Arizona for that kind of stuff versus just what we have here mm-hmm. in, in this area. Yeah. You know, and, and Lilydale actually was, was the birthplace of 
uh, or that region of New York was the birthplace of, of a lot of lar- large religions. Mormonism came from there. Mm-hmm. Seventh-day Adventists came from there. Um, the, the Really, the time was... Uh, you know, there was uh, the Great Awakening, right, they called it. There was a lot of spiritual camps happening in the U.S., um, and that's really kind of where it started in that time frame, um, you know, with uh, just the, the, you know, same time that the, the, the progressive Protestant and the Methodist and, and, and the Calvinist, you know, kind of sprung up here across the U.S. Spiritualism was right there, you know, in the early roots. Yeah. Okay. So we went there last weekend. Uh, we typically go before season. So season is the entire town is registered mediums. Uh, with the various churches that are there. And so during the season, you can actually go to Lilydale um, and they do essentially public messages. So you can, they basically will just sit you there and it's kind of like a crossroads where like people on the other side can come to a place where mediums will be um, to be able to get, to give messages to people who will be in attendance there. So it's, it's super, super neat. That's actually kind of what my springboard back into a religious belief system of any sort or any kind of spiritual belief uh, came from, um, was going to uh, Lilydale and getting some of those messages myself. So Wow. We have to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was about to ask you if you ever got like a message that really like shook you. So for me, it was a lot like, like a house was already pre-wired and then the lights came on, like someone connected it to the grid. So Mormonism, and a lot of people might disagree with me on this, but there's a lot of things that parallel a lot of other uh, spiritualist elements. Like, for example, Mormons believe, or I should say LDS people, uh, since that is now the preferred term, LDS people believe that uh, you can heal through the laying on of hands with people, right? To essentially channel divine energy, ask for blessings, administer blessings, etc., Um, so there's, or even just like how things relate to the stars or like how to maintain your body and clean eating. There's there's a lot of those concepts that I was already brought up with. Um, Mormonism and I didn't jive, but when I went to Lilydale and I got my first message, which was like, you work in a career where you teach people, which is 100% accurate. Um, you're an artist, 100% accurate, right? Um, I discovered through one of these messages that people, um, I'm biracial, by the way, uh, people on my paternal side, so the black side of my family, were actually in the military, which I did not know until I got my message and then went back and talked to my grandma. So, like, wow. Oh, wow. It's, it's a really crazy experience. And um, so where they do these messages is a place called The Stump. It's in the Leolin Woods. Um, and... The coolest part about this, so when you also layer this on top of the vortices, different traveling mediums and residential mediums have been doing readings in that place, that messages in that place, for over 200 years. Mm. And so that kind of energy footprint that's already established there is really, really deep. So it's, it's, a, it's a magical experience to walk back there. They call it the cathedral, and it's this big awning of a canopy of trees. But when you go places, sometimes it feels... There's just like, it feels different. Have you ever... Is Everywhere, like the moment you get into Lilydale, it's you can tell that you're just in a different place. Right, okay. it's very calming. I mean, you know the you know it's a very charming town, um, but you know, truth be told, in the summer times there's a lot of tourism going on. Okay, um, and and you get that, but oftentimes we we head up there in the fall and the winter. If it's not, I mean, it's Buffalo, New York, right? So mm-hmm. tons of snow, but you know, if it's if we're able to. And then in the springtime, um, you know, for me, every place has its own special connection with spirit. 
mm-hmm. right? So the, the stump is one area. The, the, you know, the forest temple, right? It's literally a temple in the forest. Uh, that's another area that is just, you know, you sit there and you meditate and you realize just, you know, just how connected with this, you know, universe you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Fronting and I belong to the Church of the Living Spirit, right? And, and the, the great thing about our, our church uh, and being part of it is that it's really a focus on the God of your own understanding. Okay. A lot of these, you know, different practices, different religions are, are the same, same philosophy spun in a different way, mm-hmm. right? And so it allows you that openness to be able to express your individual craft, your individual differences that you might have with connecting with spirit. It's just one of the draws that we both have. Yeah. To, to that area in general. Yeah. One of the beautiful things, too, about, and I just want to clarify this because I know when people hear church, they go, ugh, because yeah. um, that's just like a cultural thing that we do, right? Yeah. Especially as people who practice any kind of magic or metaphysical work or energy work, it's quote unquote taboo if you grew up in, a, in one of the big three, right? Yeah. But the beauty of this is with that God of your own understanding, um, it is literally that you can be a Catholic and be a spiritualist, right? You can be a Mormon and be a spiritualist. You can be a witch. You can be a pagan. You can be anything that you want to be. The idea at the core of what it is, there's a few principles, but um, it is that God of your own understanding and then really just the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Um, And also that life continues afterwards. So there's actually a documentary, I think it's on Netflix, called uh, No One Dies in Lilydale. HBO. Yeah, HBO. I haven't watched that today. Yeah. Oh, did you? We're going to. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of my... No One Dies in Lilydale. Yeah, No One Dies in Lilydale. Yeah, it's it's a good one. It's short and sweet. Um, You know, I think... And again, this depends a lot on, like, if you were raised Catholic and you hear temple, you probably think this big, grandiose, lovely structure with stained glass windows and all sorts of... It is not that, right? This is a quiet forest hamlet where there are there are animals everywhere. You can Like, last time we were there, there was a blue heron that landed in this lake, like, ten feet in front of us. Like, just crazy... Uh, actually, when we first went there, to sum this up easily... Um, was in 2020, right? And so, not talking about politics, not talking about COVID, but those things were actively in swing and pretty well at their worst. So people were really, really ugly to each other. And as soon as we crossed those gates, it was like, no one cared. Like, it was literally a reprieve from just being able to breathe for a minute and forget about the insanity going on outside. Yeah. So there's Damien Eccles, I like a lot. Dan, if you're familiar with him. He, hermetic um, witchcraft, right? Is just, yeah. yeah. So he talk, does a lot of talks and stuff. And one of the things he says is like how our spirituality, stuff like that, like all these different belief systems, because it's meeting people where they're at. So there's not really like a wrong path per se. It's just meeting you how you'll understand. And so we're just so quick to be like, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, that's not how it is. But it's like spirit is coming to you this way because we're all so different. So why wouldn't there be different ways of like connecting and communicating? So it's kind of cool that, you know, your church is saying that it's it's just meeting you where you're at. It's not about like trying to Dog, yes, yes. Yes. or yes. rule that's following. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, um, I, like, I, yeah. I believe that. So. Yeah. You know, and, and we say, again, church, but we're talking, we, we have astrologists speaking... Yeah, well-known astrologists are, you know, astrologers and and talking and, you know, it's just so open to all, you know, and kind of what you said. And that's really my personal opinion is, you know, all these different religions, crafts, 
you know, it's just our physical manifestation of spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And whatever your understanding is. Yeah. And so, you know, whether you get that from reading a tarot card or saying a prayer or, or doing meditation or, or, or yoga or whatever that might be, right? It's, it's that, you know, conduit to which spirit manifests themselves to us mm -hmm. to where we undeniably know this is from a, a, a bigger source, a higher yeah. source. Yeah, and actually just dovetailing off of that, I mean, just some of the ways that we've even discovered just since starting this journey, both together and in parallel with one another, um, like we have singing bowls, right? And so Jeff is extremely sensitive to vibrations, right? Mm -hmm. um, so he gets a great, I, I of course can use those for like meditation and relaxation, but like the experience is clearly very different. But for me, I do a lot of meditation, I do tarot. A little bit of kitchen witchcraft thrown in there. But a lot of the stuff that I do is visual-based or, like, very tactile-based. Mm -hmm. um, but at the core of it, it is all that kind of, like, creating something new or working with different, you know, random materials to assemble something. Um, so it is, you know, there, there's not a prescriptive way. And I think that if there's one thing that I've learned throughout this journey, it's that, that that's actually quite the opposite of what you want to tell people, right? If you tell people... Here are the rules, follow these, and you can just be a jerk the rest of the time, yeah, right? Yeah. As long as you say you're sorry. Yeah. That doesn't really help anybody, um, especially not the person who is believing in those rules. And that's the worst part is you kind of neuter your ability to not only spiritually progress, but self-analyze your own behavior. Because you just have this like, well, it's fine, or like, I didn't do this, and so I'm garbage, right? Yeah. Neither of which are healthy yeah. for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not, like, taking it in and allowing yourself to develop from, like, the lessons you learn. Right. Based off, you know, whatever it is, whether it's bad or good or whatever. Well, and when you start with, like, heaven and hell as, yeah. like, team camp A or camp B, those are the stakes. Mm -hmm. When you do, quote-unquote, something bad, there is no, like, non-judgmental way to look at yourself because you're hardwired into... I, I really messed up, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you, of course, start the shame cycle. That drives you further to take on risky behaviors. Like, it's a cascading thing, and it breeds a lot of xenophobia and other things that just, you know... When you, when you break it down to what the actual teaching is, which is love other people, the rules or the concept of, like, an enemy of God or someone who is a sinner who should be cast out really don't actually match up with, like, the core statements of the religion, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's that's been something that's been a little bit like oh it doesn't have to be that way yeah <laughs> I mean, exactly because we, we we actually have very differing views yes. on religion and yeah. we we both you know we we have our, our spiritual marriage together right every mm -hmm. year we do our vows at the stump uh, and renew oh. them and, mm -hmm. and speak them over uh, on our anniversary as a renewal to you know the fact that you know we're in this journey together. Um, but we have two very spiritual different journeys, right? And, and, and two very different ways that we exercise our connection with the spirit world. And so that's really what Lilydale is all about. It's just, you know, meeting you where you're at and then whatever that connection is or that knowing and understanding that you have with spirit and, and then really showing you that mm -hmm. and saying, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. The veil is thin, y'all. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, so, so very thin. So very thin. The, the first time I think we... Uh, one of the first times we went out there, we decided to stay overnight. And if you stay on the grounds, uh, you can just hang out and do whatever, right? Yeah. So it was a new moon, weirdly enough. Uh, so it was like pitch dark. And so we walked... There's the trail's like... This is the first time you went? Uh, probably the second time. Second time. Okay, okay. Yeah. So quarter of a mile down the trail, we get there. We get to the stump. It is jet black pitch dark. We're walking back and 
we experienced an encounter of sorts and it wasn't anything verbal. It was because like we were both like, what is happening? Um, but for me, it was very visual. Like I saw orb, basically an orb, um, or a fairy or, you know, different terminology for the same thing. Different people mean different things, but Jeff again experiences it in a very different way. And so, you know, the nice part about it is we are able not, even though we look at things through a different lens, we can have a conversation about the same story. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has been really helpful because, you know, naturally when you have these experiences, you're like, no, nah, that didn't happen. Or, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah. yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. Yeah. One thing, like, when it comes to that type of stuff, I'm always saying now, like, why don't we just, like, observe what happened and just don't attach anything to it? Like, this is what happened. This is what I experienced. And not do the talking one way or the other, like, oh, well, it has to be magical, or, oh, well, it has to not be, and just, like, observe it, and kind of, like, like, it's data or something, like, in yeah. that way, we can, like, learn what it is, because we don't know everything, it's the other thing, a lot of, like, when it comes to, like, paranormal stuff, or spiritual stuff, whatever you have it, I feel like a lot of times we try to, like, oh, well, that thing happened because of this, and we try to, like, come up with, like, an explanation, and it's okay to, like, not know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's okay to just, like, have something weird happen and be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, that happened, you know? <laughs> just because, like, I mean, why not? Like, why go through Well, that? and I think that same concept keeps people back in life, right? I mean, yeah. afraid to, you know, to, to push forward. Why can't I start my own business? When they, yeah. You know, those doubts began, and then all of a sudden, you know, they fester, and you know, we, we know that you can really do anything if you're, if you really, you know, your mind is there, but it's that, that being mortal, that humanness that comes in that says, you know, oh no, I can't do this or, oh, that wasn't right. Or, oh, I shouldn't believe that. And it actually hinders your spiritual progression when you consistently doubt, you know, that divinity or the, you know, divineness of God. Yeah. It's so, for example, um, when we were in Lilydale, there was someone who received a message, and I heard the medium afterward talk. This is not really all about Lilydale, but a lot of the experiences do happen there. But um, the medium who gave the message to this person was like, oh, this popped up on my phone, and spirit communicates with me all the time. Now, just a little bit of background on me. I work in technology and stuff, and so like algorithms and the predictive stuff, Like, I get that, right? So I was like, meh, maybe not. But what I realized in doing that is... That's two sides of the same coin. That rational mind that can talk you out of those things. If you make the commitment to yourself that I'm just going to accept and then review as things continue, if you go at it with that mindset, then you'll start to realize that like, oh, this happened and that led to this and that. And so it starts to look more like, you know, a tapestry or, or a narrative that you can really understand versus if you just do a tarot reading in the morning one day in May. Mm -hmm. that's that's not that is not going i mean it will ultimately help with your spirituality right because you're doing something ritual yeah. meditating but if you really want to gain something out of that write it down right and then see where it goes and then how close did you land right and then draw the cards again yeah, yeah I, <laughs> yes i like you know on that note i um a, a couple years ago started just writing down meditations and dreams because mm -hmm. i'm very good dreams like mm -hmm. creepy like lucid dreaming so somebody told me to start recording it and I did and I'm just like I'm putting whatever's down I don't know don't know and then one day I was like reading through it and there's this just this thread of connection it was crazy and like so like something would happen in a dream or meditation and then 
it would say something, I don't know, like something like, oh, I don't, maybe you're spirit, you're going to be a new spirit guide or yeah. something. And then like, maybe like a month later, I'm journaling about, oh, I had just this meditation. I had a spirit guide come to me and I don't know what it means. So it's like weird. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it all, I was just getting like these crumbles. But now that I have it all written down, there's this story and I can see. And for me, it was because I really am interested in like spirit guides and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I can see how they've been like helping me, mm-hmm. but like without me even like. No. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. The, the, when you're crazy. sleeping and your mind's relaxed, yeah. they're yeah. Pushing you those in. those salient events, and you know, to that point, I think there's a lot of even even outside of spirituality, right? Like spirituality, self care, and mental health are a triangle, and they all rely on one another equally, um, whether you're spiritual or not. Uh, my grandma often says, uh, "The world grows from the outside in; God grows from the inside out." Mm. Um, so you know that development is even if you don't recognize it as spiritual, you learning to empathize with somebody, you learning to put someone else in uh, before your own needs, those are things that are tenets of spirituality and when in practice of spirituality are very powerful, but on their own, they're also very powerful because spirituality is about serving the overall creation of everything better and working better with it, you know? Yeah. To me, at least. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just thought of this but just like could you imagine if we all had like one uniform way of doing everything like, how boring would life be mm-hmm. if we just thought this like, even our thought processes like some people have an internal chatter some people are just getting visuals some yes. feelings i was tripped <laughs> out when i first heard that i like read an article about it and i'm like oh people aren't like i have talking all the time like i talk to myself in my yeah. head all the time but some people don't it's quiet but they're getting visuals or some people are just feeling their next moves and that's just our brains you know i'm like how like could you imagine i don't know i just think about it like it would just be boring if we all believed everything the same way love the same like just all of it which is yeah so yeah i think that's yeah. like life <laughs> beautiful though is being able to like appreciate differences and appreciate like all of this around us and like we had a conversation yesterday about how like temporary everything is and so that makes every moment for me very beautiful because of like that uniqueness, like that unique point. So like we're sitting here, this is it. Like, you know, we're never mm-hmm. going to be on this couch the way we are right now recording an episode, you know, for our show. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something really like sacred and beautiful about that. But we're also caught up in like this hard way of living that it just like is going against the natural flow and yeah. the brain of life. To that point, um, so my as I mentioned earlier, I teach, and so there's a lot of different studies that go on about people's attention spans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cognitive load and other things, but there's two very key things that I've observed in everything that I've read, and one is through the introduction of things like YouTube, then Facebook, then Instagram, then Snapchat stories, then Vine, now TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Those are very, very short, right? And there's nothing wrong with those, but, like, when you watch a thousand and one of those in a row, you just react to something so quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And so you train your brain over time to just be in this reactive, like, I saw this thing, this is my opinion, next, right? That's actually why I think a lot of people can't meditate or think they can't. Mm Um, is because they're very far down that rabbit hole. But even I struggle. You know, I've been yeah. meditating for twenty years. I struggle to meditate, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you start you sit there, you start meditating, and all of a sudden you're like thinking, like, what am I going to have for breakfast? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're sitting there thinking, like, I, what time is that meeting? And you, you know, and so yeah. just thinking. Sometimes my meditation is just not is is just making myself not think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And and I think a lot of times 
that's that's the struggle, right? What it, what does it mean to be to be to be to meditate, right? Mm-hmm. To to stay with your thoughts or just to, to sit with your thoughts. Do you both do a daily practice journey? So I would say, yeah, we I do would it say together. That. Yeah. So we do. So we do. Uh, we do meditation together uh, every day with the singing bowls and a mm-hmm. ritual r- ritualistic. You know, we we do that, um, but. We both practice very different crafts. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. it's not you know it's not hard. I'm not gonna sit there and act like I can throw tarot cards. You <laughs> 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 know, and and uh, tell you about astrology. Yes, yeah. and I I Jeff is actually uh, very talented in other arenas that I recognize I'm not. I divination is like my jam, mm-hmm. right? I'm very I feel comfortable with that. It's my wheelhouse. Whereas Jeff with the vibration thing. You're also working on what is that new? Um, well, you know, and so are you guys familiar with Franz Mesner and mesmerism and, and that kind of? So yeah, loosely. Okay, so middle 1700s. Uh, you know, there there's a guy named Franz Mesner. Uh, uh, actually, one of the only people who have a verb named after them, mesmerize, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, really, the the idea behind some of his earlier studies was animal magnetism. Uh, and the flow of, of this unseen energy between people, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and at first he was pretty say scientific based, right? The time frame would have been uh, age of enlightenment, mm-hmm. so electricity was being invented, and you know we understood the you know the earth and gases and you know just this whole you know kind of scientific push, and and he tried to take that concept of this this universal flow of energy. And make it scientific. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you if you drink iron or metals, we can take magnets through your body. And he had he had a lot of you know thoughts of, of magnetizing the bodies. And so a lot of my studies is, is around you know kind of his later in life, which eventually he realized that all this stuff could could be done with your hands. You didn't need magnets, mm-hmm. right? And and really the transfer of energy. Uh, there, there wasn't this, this mag, you know, this, this particularly like magnetized energy, but it was an unseen energy, right? I mean, this, 150 years before Reiki, mm-hmm. right? But like the idea that there is this, you know, flow yeah. through. So, you know, and and much of the earlier founders of Lilydale were 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 were, 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 were kind of this style. They were very much into to, to rapping, very much into. You know this this Mesner style. To clarify, by the way, the rapping is not like throwing down <laughs> sick beats. <laughs> <laughs> the medium that is not music style. I mean, it's a channeling of light language. No, it's a uh, <laughs> it is knocking and communicating, kind of like Morse code uh, with um, the spirit world. So they can knock back with the sounds in your house. They can knock back with the sounds in the woods. Right. It just really depends on if you are in an open mental state to receive those messages. Truth be told, like. At the time, this was the science of the day. You know, Marie Antoinette was mesmerized. Mm-hmm. You know, Benjamin Franklin, right, studied it, right? He was commissioned to study if it was truth or not. And, uh, you know, ultimately what sprung out of this, and this is kind of the hard part for me, is this is what, where it went, is, you know, the 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 trance states that they were putting people in to do these, right? Mm-hmm. Literally is the foundation of hypnosis. He is he is the founder, the the true founder, right? There there was a guy named I think James Baird who came on and really took hypnosis to where it was and where it is. But you know, uh, you know, Franz Mesner was not knowing discovered this entire science, right? Mm-hmm. The idea, and and then hypnosis really became 
a mental kind of science, mm-hmm. right? And then suggestive thought became a thing. And then, so hypnosis went from being a spiritual thing mm-hmm. to this very much scientific style thing. And if you go to Lilydale, they don't talk about it, right? It's, okay. it's this lost art. That's why I really, you know, kind of studied it. And it, not a lot of people know much about it, but it's something that really resonates with my understanding and connection. Like I said, the way we connect with spirit yeah. is through that. And so I've done my best to to try to keep that tradition alive, even though there's one or two people that still practice it. But are actually like in their 70s. Wow. Uh, left wow. in the U.S. Yeah. yeah, it's a dying... It is an actually... Dying. Well, no offense if you're actually listening, but it is an actually dying art form. <laughs> like, it's... There's there's not really a legacy, and you know this is what I meant is like I don't do that. Like I putting someone into that state is not something that works well for me. Uh, probably just the very chaotic Gemini energy. But <laughs> um, you know I think the big difference because I was like, well, it sounds like Reiki. Like what is the fundamental difference? I would compare it to, uh, and of course, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the trance states of mesmerism are closer and more akin to maybe being like around like a shamanic journey versus or yogi yeah you know i mean again just just that altered state of consciousness because you're in in those because there's different levels right so like you if when you guys are doing reiki work for someone i assume that it's not like full level five you know lockdown trance state it's like you're still cognitively aware, right? Yeah. yeah, this this is like removing the ego from the equation so that that way you can work directly with the energy, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and truly what they found was that this is where the placebo effect came from. Okay. Right? Like, oh, yeah. It, you know, this commission that Ben Franklin was, 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 you know, King Louis, I think, King Louis VIII commissioned Ben Franklin to, you know, to to oversee this. And, and ultimately they, their, their mission was to disprove it. Wow. And in doing so, what they discovered is like, okay, we can disprove it, right? Because they would do the, the mesmerism from behind and the person wouldn't fall down. And they would do it in front of them and they would fall down. And they would, they would, they would magnetize the water and give it to them and not tell them. But then they would give them, you know. So what they realized is the brain is so much more powerful than we realize, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and suggestive thoughts and believing in yourself and believing that you can do something, you can actually heal yourself. You can actually do these things, right? That is what actually came out of all of this. Yes, he was discredited. He left. He was kind of put out to shame because, you know, but ultimately three different sciences sprung from his teachings. Yeah. So it was like the timing of it all. Yeah. yeah. And and now nobody even studies any of the stuff that he taught. Well, wow. yeah, it's so interesting. I have a book called History of the Occult, and there's a part that's about what you're talking about. But I didn't, had nothing, like, I'm just reading it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting they did that. So I feel like you're making sense of that portion that I read. Like, now I'm like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. that was. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Cause, like, I don't yeah. know anything about that. When I think of mesmerizing, I think of like, oh, your magnetism, like your own personal energy. You're yeah. just so like yeah, magnetic exactly. and yeah. you're just, you know, I didn't know anything about Very that. Very few people have a name, an English word named after them. Yeah. Wow. That's cr- I would have to look into this. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I have to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you should go tomorrow. I read yeah. five books. Yeah. yeah. So for mesmerizing, you need to put people in hypnosis state. So the, the idea, you know, a lot of trance-like okay. states, right? So, hypno- yeah. so uh, hypnosis, again, is a science, right, yeah. at this point. So in the later teachings, it was all about manifesting this just from your own energy and, okay. you know, and, 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 and actually just believing enough that it actually, you know, happens. Okay. So 
the idea of hypnosis, these were probably very different than what you would think of hypnosis like today, right? Mm -hmm. Hypnosis today is very much taking your attention away and then, you know, suggestive thought and do it, you know, um, this would probably be more like a medium trance, right? Where you, you're, you're going into, you know, tapping and then kind of, you know, they, they talk about, this is stuff that's documented, right? So you read, you can't like watch a, a movie on what happened, right? <laughs> yeah. You read and they talk about some of the things that happened. And, and a lot of it is like, you know, uh, uh, people would be slain, right? They would, they would fall back. They would, they would be, you know, just kind of overwhelmed and they could do it through just touch, right? They would put their hand toward them and they would just touch them. That's the same stuff that we see in all religions. Pentecostals do the same yeah. thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of, you know, gurus do the same thing, right? So it's the, the idea of power of suggestion, power of, you know, kind of the mind. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if, if hypnosis is really a science or if it's the mind believing in suggestion. Yeah. If, you know, and so I've looked at what it means to be hypnotized, right? And, and again, hypnosis has such a negative connotation, right? You, you, the tricksters, is it real? Is it not real? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that people that honestly get hypnotized, having personally been hypnotized, it's real, right? Okay. I mean, you can't, you cannot, if you've actually been hypnotized before, there's no doubt in my mind that it, that it is, is absolutely real. But is it religious? Is it a spiritual thing? Or is it just our minds being extremely complex, right? So that's where I go with hypnosis is I don't know if hypnosis is our mind's ability to be so persuaded through suggestion or if if it is actually, you know, um, something that's divine. Can it be both? I, I was going to say, sure. it's, it's, it's probably, you know, it's... There's one thing that I say... Uh, I, I'm working on a book right now, um, and I think I've actually yeah, I've shared a few. Yeah, I, I've shared a few chapters of that with you. There is this thing that we've all decided where, and again, based on our Western mentality, in a lot of cases, Western mentality is actually very hostile to different types of life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not a, a read on anybody uh, or a negative. It's just it is the way that we are, right? We fear what is different uh, because it represents change and uncertainty. So. If you bake a cake, right, you are taking flour, eggs, and a bunch of random ingredients, and you're putting them together and doing chemistry, right? There was a time before we understood all the mechanisms that made that cake come together where you would have just said, wow, that's like magic, right? Or if you make a healing salve out of olive oil and chamomile by leaving it in sunlight for three months, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to be something that you can dress wounds with. I'm not a doctor, but uh, we understand it through chemistry. So there's this thing that we do where we decide it must be science or it must be religion. There cannot be a gray area in between, but that is, in my opinion, counterproductive. Math is very much a part of magic if you're a part of, if you're an astrologer, right? Because you have to be able to understand and predict planetary movement. Uh, language is a very important part of just about every practice, uh, even if you don't speak any languages. Letters. Yeah. Letters as well, right? Runes would be yeah. a great example of an archaic form of that. So, you know, I think that there is something to be said for, you know, second-guessing the belief that everything falls into camp A or camp B, and there might be, you know, scientific tools are the way that we verify our universe and communicate it. Mm -hmm. So they're being never a, perfect. Being a, having a green thumb. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. There, there's that's the amount of energy, love, right? And, and we, we, one thing we have in our relationship is we, we challenge each other, the to this one thing, and that is the universe will match your action, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so you know, and everything that we do, you know, just the effort you put into it, you can't expect the, the, the 
spirit or the universe is just gonna, you know, let you sit there and just give you everything that you want, right? Mm -hmm. But if you put action into it, right, the universe will match that action. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I look at people that are really good with plants, the amount of love they give it, right, the amount of energy, time, right, it, it's not, you can't hate plants and be have a green thumb. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. It's just a natural love. And I yeah. think that, you know, what you miss a lot of times is that love being given to the plant. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you just think like, you know, and, and that energy that you physically flow into that plant, and that's why you have a green thumb. Yeah. You know, and that's spiritual. There's, and this is maybe a few layers, just suddenly several layers deeper, but, you know, humans... Um, you mentioned something earlier where if we were all the same, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the way that the universe is right now is it is all one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if it remains as the same thing, it never meets any challenges. It never has any problems. It never makes any mistakes. It never learns anything, right? And so, you know, there's often that adage where, like, you know, you if, you, if you're hurting someone else, you're really just hurting yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That is actually quite literally very true, <laughs> Um, but it is also part of the process, right? If we have a negative experience with somebody and we can learn to examine our behavior to avoid that in the future, that's a net gain, right? And that is something that collectively it learns, right? And so, you know, we, we use God and we use the word universe pretty much interchangeably, um, because it is meant to not be, you know, a, a, a person or a deity sitting somewhere, more so as it is the experience of all of what's going on right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of my thoughts is like, that's, you have to have that divergence. You have to have conflict because just like if we look at like any like death omen in anything, yeah. right? Not omen, but death sign, it is not about death. It's about the trans- transformation of states between what you are now and where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, it's a cycle. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that in our group chat. Yes, recently. yes, yes, we were. <laughs> mine, mine's, mine's the devil, so. Right? Yes, your, so, your, your tarot card is oh, the every devil. Every time I get, devil. you know, mine's flipping, I'm getting, you know, <laughs> a negative kind of dogma or whatever. He's, um, a, he's a Capricorn, yeah, so uh, that's, every, every tarot card has a, uh, uh, every tarot card has a, uh, or every astrological sign, excuse me, has a tarot card that's associated with. So Jeff's is the devil. He's a Capricorn. Mine is the lovers. I'm a Gemini. Um, interestingly enough, the devil oh. and lovers walk into a bar. Right. No, it's cool though, because the you know the imagery on the devil it has the lovers. At the bottom. Yes. Yeah, you know, that's yep. that cool when you guys are like together. They're both know? choice cards as well. <laughs> yeah. So they're, uh, and weirdly enough, uh, so I'm a solar Gemini, um, and or sorry, solar Gemini, my north node is in Capricorn. Uh, for those of you who don't know what north nodes are, that is basically your karmic path in this in this incarnation. And Jeff's is Gemini. So like we wow. are literally wow. meant Double to <laughs> learn from each other quite wow. a bit. As frustrating as that can sometimes be, right? (laughs) That's so interesting. What, you know, when you guys were talking, I was thinking about, like, the idea that we want to remove ourselves from, like, being, like, everything that's here. Like, we're all connected. You brought up plants. Like, we're all, we're part of that natural Mm -hmm. world, though. We're part of plants. We're, like, the natural life cycles. Like, that's something that we're naturally a part of like we live we die you know that type of thing but it seems like there's conflict sometimes because we like want to remove ourselves from that like we want to like remove ourselves from spirituality remove ourselves from like nature or whatever not saying that we have to be obsessed with like certain aspects of it but just being okay with like yeah like this is life i'm a part of life i'm alive and in the present and i don't know i feel like i don't know why we do that like if it's like what do you guys think do you think it's like a 
something that was like indoctrinated into us where we want to like fight these like currents or do you think it's something that we just do on our own i actually think it's very much that i think that there is this kind of belief system cultural belief system specifically in the west and i can't speak to everywhere but in the united states um the way you've struggled is your story, right? Uh-huh. And so you'll often see like, oh, he came from the inner city or, oh, she came from nothing or whatever it may be. It is the narrative of the hero's journey that sells, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the media you consume over time starts to help you paint the way that you see the world. And so if your belief system becomes, well, I have to, you know, if I'm not suffering for this, then it surely cannot be real, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't, uh, you know, lose everything, then I'm not going to have these experiences. Or even if I do have these experiences, it's probably just because I was tired or whatever, right? So it's kind of that you're an artist, right? Mm -hmm. So we do this thing where we, quote unquote, suffer for our art, (laughs) um, which is a pain in the butt, right? And I always catch myself doing it where I'm like, I'll be bummed out and I'm like, I'll draw, I'll put on something sad. And I'm like, this is stupid, right? Like. It's great to feel your feelings. You should feel your feelings, but it doesn't make sense to entrench yourself further in grief for no reason. And I think that people subconsciously do that quite a bit. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like, self-loathing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Also, I think a lot of it is that, you know, the big... The big religions that everyone is familiar with, there is there are these clauses where it's like, you must live this way or you are a bad person who's going to hell or outer darkness or whatever you call it, right? So when people break away from that and say, well, okay, I tried drinking and I didn't die immediately, nor did I burst into flames, or I had sex before I got married and no one died and, yeah. you know, it's fine. So obviously everything else is crap, right? Yeah. Um you know, it's, it desensitizes you from wanting to go seek that out further because you are taught that it must be this way, so you never let go, right? And then, like, we lose the point of, like, like love and happiness. Like, the things, like, the experience is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Like, we don't like, fully get to experience what it is to be alive because right. we're so hyper-focused on certain things, like... Am I going to go to hell? You know, am I doing the right thing? It doesn't even have to be hell. It can be, like, anything. Like, am even I... just material. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like... Just social state. Am I in the right job, right yeah. career did I do? And so just, like, float. what is right for me? Like, what will make me happy? Right. You know, what will make me love my life or yeah. whatever? You, um, s- you spend all your energy maintaining the box that was given to you mm-hmm. instead of exploring what's outside of that box. I think <laughs> the, the more we, we spend in our spiritual journeys, the more you realize just how important the fancy cars and houses and, and you know, and you just want to, you know, move to the woods and live with nature because you realize just how short life is. Um, but also I think, you know, for, for me, I will look at religion and say, I can believe in this part and that part, right? And I can look at Christianity and, and, and think, you know, this part and that part and Buddhism, this part and that part. Um, you know, and so I can look at spirituality and just say, I don't believe in that, you know, like that just doesn't, that doesn't work for me. And I think that, you know, that is an important aspect is that just because it doesn't work for somebody, you know, as long as you're respectful of it, like I can see why tarot works for my husband. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I can see why Christianity works for my family. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but ultimately I truly go, for me, it goes back to, those are all conduits to which you're manifesting your craft. Mm. 
It's how you do it, mm-hmm. right? If, if that gives you the intuition to tap with spirit through tarot, that's great. If you do it through mesmerism, that's wonderful. If you do it through rapping, if you do it through, you know, Wiccan, witchcraft, you know, yeah. name whatever it could be, magic, right? You know, it's how you get there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really how you get there. Yeah, these are tools that are accessible to all of us, but not everyone, not every plumber needs a carpenter saw, and not every carpenter saw needs a plumber's wrench. There you go. And I'm never yeah. going to sit here and not even throw tarot cards. I don't connect. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's not. We have tried. Like, we have know, tried. Try, you know, yeah. but I'm not going to, you know, try to connect a, a sense that the spirit doesn't tell me I connect with. I really appreciate what you said. Like sometimes things don't have, you don't have to force certain things because you're on like this journey to, you know, become like spiritual in some form. Like, or you want to connect with like divine, you don't have to force yourself to like learn tarot or learn like something that's more popular because there's more information about it. So you're like, I have, I have to be able to understand this. And then I feel like it can like stifle your growth instead of just like being the seeker, finding what resonates. Mm-hmm. And then when it feels right, going like all in. And sometimes it presents itself to you. I know with Reiki, um, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just like found a teacher and then we found another one and it just, it was boom. Like, you know, our attunement was like the aha. That would be the moment where I was like, everything's real. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> more to this yes. Yeah, it was. And I was talking to um, another, actually, another guest and we were talking about that. Um, and he said that. Because everybody's Reiki attunement's different, and ours was, like, really, like, ridiculous, and he said that's what, like, had to be done so you would understand that there's more, so you'd be like, oh, yeah, I get it, but I, I mean, what I guess what I'm getting at is that there's not one particular way to go about, even if it feels like you can cross over. I had a Reiki session last week. Yeah. Right? I, 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 you know, and and I'm lucky I have a therapist that does Reiki. Wow. And like she, she knows that I'm a spiritualist, yeah. right? And so she knows that I go to a church where we have healers, and you know, I mean, there's a, there's we have a lot of healers and things in our church, and every Sunday they come forth and they heal people and they do a lot of things that you would see cross over there. Um, so that's again, you can cross over. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be an expert at Reiki to to understand that you truly get benefits from it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. actually, this stuff works and it, it, it makes a difference. Um, and that's why I like our church. That's why yeah. I like going there because you can be a Mesner and a Wiccan and a witch and a Reiki master and a Buddhist all at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I would say that you know that's another one of the things that I think uh, that we culturally talk ourselves out of. Right. For example, if we're looking at math, there is a not a finite amount, but there is a like a, a discipline course where you get to a certain point and like you are now a mathematician. Mm-hmm. Right. Spiritualism and, and practices like these don't work that way. The number one thing that you have to accept going into this is that you're never going to be an expert. That's the entire goal of this, right, Mm -hmm. is to is to experience that journey and just to learn what it can teach you. Because I do I read tarot, right? If you pick up a tarot deck, you may get totally different messages that are about maybe the people around you rather than how to improve yourself. Because every deck is different and everyone's energy path is different. Um, You know, I think a question that you guys probably get quite often is where do I start, you know, with whatever Start anywhere, you know, bake a freaking cake. If the cake feels good and you feel accomplished and happy at the end of it and you were able to pass two hours without, you know, thinking about things that stress you out, guess what? That's kitchen witchcraft. That's a thing for you, right? A form of meditating. Yeah. Like when your mind can just... Yeah. I tell when people are like, I can't meditate. I'll say, well, maybe do something first 
that you your mind it just everything goes quiet when you do it like running anything that everybody has something different like you were saying baking and then you know try sitting for five minutes and yeah try longer and see what happens yeah um, it's you know it's funny when people tell me that typically the people that tell me that they cannot meditate are the people who i know play a lot of uh video games that's where they spend a lot of their time right huh. Yeah, but you're focused on that. Oh, you're, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah, so you get that, that flow state. You're never going to have all the noise if you're playing a video game. Right, yeah. right. It's a part of it. Right. But I feel like a lot of things that we do in our lives can be sacred, can be like that if you look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I know. For, for me, Fronti will, hey, are we ready to go meditate, right? That's our, our, our end of the night thing. I love that you guys do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, couples know, goals. And, uh, <laughs> right, let's just come to bed. I don't want you to get in the bed after I go to sleep. And, you know, and I'm not bashful to say, I just can't today. Right, okay. because yeah. I know that I'm no matter what I do, I'm not going to force myself into meditation, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, your mind's racing. You have a lot of stuff. I've worked late, right? Things like that, where I know that I can sit there and act like I'm going to meditate, but it's going to be wasting my time, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. there's better use of that if I'm going to do something spiritual. I could do other things besides just sitting there and, and being mad at myself for not being able to meditate. Yeah, yeah. you know, and so. Uh, you know, we, we have that. You can't just, like, meditate on demand. You have to be in a, a headspace where you can meditate. Oh, yeah. I mean, if your day was really crazy, sometimes you just... Yeah. Or, because, I mean, you, who wants to loop on? <laughs> you right, know, misery, right. Like, you have, like, oh. <laughs> let, let the flop out. What, let, let the thought flow in and go out. Yes. Yes. Holding the nostrils. <laughs> Breathe in that bag. Um, well, they, they, back to the breath. They call that, um, like, doom scrolling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's actually a term for it where, like, people will just, like, read through a terrible thread on Twitter, ad infinitum, infinitum, and then they'll feel like crap for the rest of the day because they've raised their stress level so high and then there's no resolution, right? Yeah, it's just misery. Yeah. So meditation, definitely try it. But if you are stressing about, I don't meditate enough, that is literally the opposite of the goal that you're going for, right? Yeah. Have you guys ever done yoga nidra? I've never done yoga nidra, no. Um, it's really cool. It's like you're just laying, it's meditating, but they the person guides you, and it's point of your body. So it's like shift your focus to like you know like your head and your oh. eyes. And so you just follow what they're saying and each part of your body, and then before you know it, you're just like, because all you're thinking about is your body sooner, you know, soon yeah. enough. And then you're just like, oh, I feel so good now. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, like, tricks you into meditating. It's so weird. They have them on, like, YouTube and, you know, cool. probably Spotify. It's called Yoga Nidra. And I'll do it sometimes, like, if I can't fall asleep. Yeah. Not often. Like, I used to do it a lot more. But you just lay and it just tell, it just goes Concentrate, concentrate. Body. And yeah. then as you, by the yeah. time you get around, it's all. You're, like, really chill. Even, like, <laughs> even people who, like, I have a friend who has, you know, pretty severe ADHD. And he lifts weights quite often, right? Hmm. That is all about focusing on one muscle group to like move up and down without compensating with others. If you can connect with your assigned meat suit that way and like control it to that level, that is absolutely meditation in its purest form. Assigned meat suit. Yes. (laughs) Your your physical body, I'm sorry. This vessel. This is what I was assigned. Here I am. Your assigned meat suit, yes. That's funny. So, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a million and one different ways to meditate. And I think, you know, everybody immediately goes to the Western thought, which mm-hmm. is, you know, someone sitting on a on a cushion, it's sitting a sauna, mm-hmm. 
which is great if you can do that. I personally, we because cushions. we do have cushions, <laughs> but I also have a desk job, and so like my right hip flexor is super tight, so I can't sit a sauna. So like I don't meditate that way, and that's okay because I found a way that works for me. Um, binaural beats are actually my like favorite thing lately yeah. for meditation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are. I used to, was in that for a while. Yeah. Point, and I, I don't know. Yeah, you just move in and out of different yeah. things. But yeah, those are really helpful. It's really helpful. We'll, so have, to, we'll have to we'll have to bring over the singing. Yes. Sometime. Yes. I love that. She loves. I love singing. Yeah. I have. I don't know what kind do I have. I don't remember. Oh, she's like a little I think it's the Tibetan one, like to bronze or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. our friend Kayla gifted to me. Oh, a couple very years cool. Ago. So I do that all the time. Very cool. Yeah, I singing bowls are fantastic. Um, I use them to charge moon water um, with a specific chakra or note or like just to kind of set that intention for what it's for. Um, but they're so they're fantastic. Or bath water. If I do baths, I'll charge it that way as well. Wow. You said you were sensitive to vibrations. Do you feel that way moving through the world too, or just like sounds? Like when you enter like a public space. Oh, that's a good question. Like so. So vibrations are something that I can actually typically set with myself and feel the room around me. I can, can literally feel the vibration in your basement, right? You could just, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in your house outside, you can feel the vibration. I have a difficult time on bridges, right? Because, I mean, it's mm-hmm. physical. We're talking physical. I mean, yeah. everything's vibrating constantly. Everything is, you know, when gravity and, you know, the, 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 the world, right? Everything is constantly vibrating. So, uh, you know, a lot of times I can, you know, if you're walking up the stairs, right? Like, I'm, I'm following, uh, you know, people coming down the halls, down the stairs, right? Just in my mind. Just, wow. you know, not the physical hearing, but just knowing they're coming, right? Mm-hmm. Through the vibration that's coming, the anticipation of that. So any physical movement, you know, I can feel. Wow. Our house is on the, our house is four floors total. And if I go out the basement door and he's in the attic in our bedroom, he will know. Oh, wow. So it's very princess in the pee, but like all the time. Our homes are alive. You know, I think yeah. people think that these, you know, these old wood and the, and the you know, but these... It's just a ball of energy here that is, you know, sitting here and, um, you know, yeah. So I feel vibration all the time. Uh, that's why when, when I do the, the singing bowls, um, I put a lot of thought and intention into my vibration because it's resonating it out in the world. Mm. Is there any way to silence it? Or just, that's just how you exist? Ignoring anything will silence it. Okay. Right? So for me, um, you know, we're talking physical vibration mm-hmm. of the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not talking spiritual vibration. Yeah. We're talking actually the vibration somebody's body gives yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. Negative, you know, positive, you know, we're a lot of those. So you can't shut it off, but you just, if you ignore it, you don't tune to it. Okay. Right? Okay. Like, you know, and so, you know, you can hear, like, the difference is you can hear the cars in the distance, right? You can mm-hmm. hear the highway in the distance, it's when you can feel the highway in the distance is the difference in vibration. You're not going to wow. hear, you know, the movement. Yes, you could hear somebody coming down the stairs, right? But you can't sense when they're leaving the room with, you know, before the, the, the sounds come. And that's really the, the vibration that we're tapping into or that, we're, that I'm tapping mm. into. Okay, yeah. okay. So, like, um, like, large groups of people, is that... 
Is that overwhelming? Okay, I was gonna ask you. Cause I was think I instantly thought of like a club and like you know like the music you can feel like the music and wow. Yes, I, I think just from a general you know um, you know again any type of vibration construction site you know yeah. roads driving right like you can feel it but you can it's just a different way to feel the road right you okay. can feel the individual bumps along the way mm-hmm. right the vibration is just felt differently mm-hmm. and it has created a lot of problems for me you know i can't I'm, i have a hard time staying in hotels at the top right uh-huh. i can feel the sway of buildings you know mm-hmm. in pittsburgh I, I went i had to go to the very top of ppg right but like I can feel the building moving. Wow. Ooh, wow. And it bothers me. Oh my yeah. goodness. Wow. Does it feel calm in here for you? Yeah, I know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's very calm right now. Like I, I, can never, I can never work in a high rise. Yeah, if you I guys were on the penthouse of like a building downtown, there's no way. Wow. <laughs> We'd have been like, you gotta come down here. So the sway, yeah. you know, because it's just energy elevated into the sky and, wow. you know, the vibration's constantly vibrating. Hmm. You are also a very grounded person, so. Happy, happiest flat on your feet. I don't know. My Reiki person put, put me through. They were grounded me last week, so I don't know how grounded they said they <laughs> Grounding is a. Is they a, told is me a I need it grounded. <laughs> Everybody could use more grounding. Shameless plug for grounding rituals. Get into it. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely feel that. Right. I feel like sometimes whenever like you do like start practicing spiritual things, for me anyway, it's really easy for me to like get way like I have to bring myself back to where I'm at. And yeah. Um, I don't know. My, uh, I think it's Neptune is in retrograde. Oh, okay. So it's very easy for me to go off. I know, I know what you mean, though. Like, my astrology specifically, since you were just mentioning it. Mm-hmm. So my sun sign is Gemini, moon is Virgo. So the data-driven stuff mm-hmm. that you were talking about earlier. Uh, a fellow Virgo. Um, <laughs> and then uh, my moon is Piscean. So triple mutable signs. But... I've noticed that for, like, my spiritual connection in the way... So, like, part of my practice is in meditation, I will receive symbols, names, and they are attached to entities or guides or ancestral spirits or, you know, personal facets of my own psyche, right? Uh, For example, there's one of them that controls my ability to meet challenges and learn from them, and that is what that symbol is specifically for. Um... So it's kind of like the, I get to do this kind of pathing down where it goes from being like water imagining into earth data into communicated out through like some symbol or language. Um, so that, that's actually been something that I found very enjoyable, but it's something that I found easy to go in and out of very quickly. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I'll just be like hanging out, kind of zen out and I'll be like, here's a symbol, here's a name, this is the color that goes with it. Right. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> I thought that was really data amazing, downloads. by the way. Yeah. yeah. Huh? You get, like, the data downloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They come in so phrases cool. at certain points as well, um, and some of them are associated with phrases to kind of give you an understanding of, like, what their identity is. So I'm not sure if it's an alphabet yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're for divination or what, uh, but I've got probably 20 of them that have shown up in the course of the last two years. Wow. And they tell they tell you what they're for. Yeah. Now, have you used them? Do you use them? Yeah. Regularly. Um, actually, the party that you guys came to uh, for like New Year's or something over at, we at another friend's house. Um, on top of the one of the uh, syrups that I'd infused, there were like little personal sigils on top of all okay. of them. Okay. 
uh, for different things. Like one of them is uh, like fire, so that can be like destroying fire, or it can be personal, you know, gain pushing forward sort of thing. So that was one of them I used. One of them is for matters of the heart and empathy and healing specifically. That was another one. So mm. I don't use all of them yet because I don't understand all of them. But do you think like? You said Lily has a bunch of vortexes that you mm-hmm. were activated to a certain extent when you went there. I absolutely like it was it was <laughs> like no no question at all like I I so I never would you say I cry a lot I never never okay never. I, I'm talking like this woman was like I have a message for you can I tell you and I was like yes and then immediately started crying before she even started talking like and it was not like a like funeral cry it was like relief. Like, if you've ever had something that you've just been so scared and stressed out about of, and then suddenly having that let go, I'm, like, pseudo-emotional here right now, yeah. um, it was like, boom. So it, it was very much, uh, it was very eight much years, activation. He, we, we, together, he was a, a atheist. Staunch atheist. Staunch wow. atheist. Mm-hmm. The moment that, that he received the first reading, it was so undeniable that he began to cry. My and, and 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 instantly, instantly knew that he had found spiritualism, mm-hmm. yep. and, and, and you know, and been probably one of the best things for us personally. You know, our relationship has never been better. It's just we're growing as you know spiritual beings. Yeah, there's a lot of power in discovering something to care about beyond yourself. And I know that sounds like silly, but like. <laughs> As humans, we spend a lot of time being self-absorbed just for survival and because animal instinct, right? And so it was one part that it was also that it gives me an opportunity to have a religion where I can verify my belief system scientifically, right? Like, again, our measurements of everything are not perfect, but I can make the correlation and the jump to understand, like I said earlier, if you can make a healing salve, if you can make a pharmaceutical drug, that is from naturally occurring things, And you call it chemistry, some would call it alchemy in a different period, right? Mm-hmm. Some would just call that magic in another period. So it's it's been helpful for me to kind of like break down what I was brought up slash conditioned to believe and just overall be a little bit more open to like, well, what if we did it this way or what if it is this way this mm-hmm. time, right? So just kind of reflecting on the way that the world is put together because yeah. we make our own realities. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. just so interested. So you went to Lilydale that day probably just... Oh, we're going on a trip, and then... I was extremely skeptical. Really? Because Jeff had actually tried years before to explain the philosophy of energy to me, and I was like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But I was very not into it. Um, So we went with another friend of ours, um, and he nothing happened for him, um, probably because there wasn't the openness, but I just kind of at some point said, this place is cool, I feel really chill, no one is attacking each other, and it's 2020, and that's refreshing, so I'm going to give this a shot. Um... And so we went for a public message, and, like, there's probably 15 pews, three rows of 15 pews, right? So quite pews a bit of seating. Wrong. Pews sound like a church. I know. They're benches in, in, in the woods. They're not It's pews. called the cathedral. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is called the cathedral, but the, the, the pews, yeah, they get yeah. rained on. They're um, not like pews. They're yes, like... The, the benches, um, probably, I mean, like, about 45 of them or 30 of them, and so there's a lot of people there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't always get a message. They do a se- or two sessions a day. So I went in there like, yeah, we'll see if this happens. And it did, like, wow. very early on. Um, and I was genuinely shocked. And then the second message I received was, you have been shown this place because you are here to learn some things and pick up a few tips and tricks of your own to take with you to the outside. Jeez. 
So. Oh my goodness. So what happened after that? Did you just? Are you? Were you like? Yeah. We I'm went in. back twenty times in the last two years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff bought me my first tarot deck, um, and I started reading uh, tarot from my deck with Lily Dale. I've expanded into Oracle. Um, that's really where I got into uh, meditative practice. Um, Somebody will live there. Yeah. We're, oh, okay. Yeah. The, okay. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. That is the. It, it is the the Disneyland of spiritualist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I can't wait to go. It's really it's super. Go. I mean, like you know, we're talking this up, so like I'm not nervous. I'm like, oh god, what if they hate it? But like, it's no, I'm sure I won't. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think there's any way. Like, there's. It's everyone is so nice. Like you're walking down the street and people you don't know will just wave to you and tell you have a good day and like they actually mean it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's. It reminds me a lot of being like seven or eight years old, right? Well, like when you're still open enough and you understand about the world, but like you're not afraid of every stranger, you're not immediately expecting someone to pull the rug out from under you. You don't, you don't steal from a psychic. <coughs> they will come out. Yes, you. they know who you are. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> right, it's the safest I mean, place on earth. Yeah, I mean, geez, wow. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like, I don't have to go. I'm it's cool. Curious. We'll we'll definitely go. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. I mean, um, do you guys know who John White was? Mm-hmm. Okay. You would know more about him than I do, but he did a lot of different... Um, he, he had a lot of different things in his practice. A lot of it was medicine wheel readings. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of people there who do, like, Native American-inspired stuff. There are a lot of people who do tarot. There's a lot of people who do... That's the beauty of it. It's not just one set. I mean, it's... A, Everyone has a place there. Yeah, because if you're if you're a person with aphantasia, which is a uh, uh, affliction where you can't visualize, you have no visual imagination, right? So if you have a medium who's saying visualize a pool of light, and you can't do that, it's not helpful, right? But if you're working with somebody who is able to communicate with a spirit guide, like that one woman that we saw, or is able to do like tactile energy transfer, totally different ball game, right? So it's kind of the Swiss army knife for being able to like jumpstart your spiritual journey. And also you can like touch the stump, which again, talking it up a lot, but like you feel it. Hmm. It's a clockwise motion. It spins downward and it is, it is visceral. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would just go. <laughs> I wouldn't question anything. You know, um, it's interesting too, because I feel like if you are on a spiritual journey, you don't know where to start. It sounds like there's a lot of resources there, like a lot of people who are very knowledgeable in a lot of things that could kind of like guide you in the right direction. I mean, or uh, uh, yeah, they actually they have uh, throughout summer they have classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went to my first seance there, you know, uh, you know, in 2004. Tells you, you know, so you know they've been having these every, all summer long. They have workshops. Uh, you know, they have circles, right? So Wednesday night circles, um, you know, they have the, the public, you know, the messaging every day. And then they, you know, just all other different types of educational programs. You know, I think a lot of times for me, um, nothing has really changed on my core fundamental beliefs. But I figured out what we call that in spiritualism, right? So I, I've always believed in in animal magnetism and energy and the transfer of energy. Um, but I, you know, had to discover that that's actually something that is is is, is a science, is a philosophy, has been, you know. So it's so different. I think for a lot of people, my problem is I have such an intuitive sense that I can look at something and say, I don't believe it, I believe that. 
right? And, and it's just, it's it's black or white, you know? And it's just, it's either I believe it or I don't believe it. And, um, and it, it is really what it is for me. And so that's how I take and look at all of my spiritual growth is just absorbing the information, connecting with spirit, meditating, and then coming up with what I actually believe. Mm. And that's what, that's what I believe then, you know? And that's what I've discovered on my own, not what somebody's told me or not something I've read. Mm-hmm. I'll use those as points and suggestions and then sit with myself and figure out really what it is that I believe. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of like, so when we went there a couple times ago, there's a gentleman who runs the shop there and he is, um, you can get tarot cards, oracle decks, uh, Egyptian uh, based uh, items there, scrying bowls, sage, well, like all sorts of stuff, even uh, Christian charms and stuff as well, right? So multi-denominational iconography and tools there. Um, so all of that stuff is readily available if you want to pick it up. And then when I actually talked to him, because he lives there, and so you have to be a registered medium to like live there, um, he at some point just looked directly at me. This is like the second or third time I met him, and he was like, you're empathic, and for whatever reason, there's something about you that like you, you purposefully guard your emotional attachments from developing with people. And I was like, way to call me out on, on, a, on, a, on a Thursday. But, you know, so just like people like that all around who will just like say things to you and they'll be like, you know, it's probably whatever for them. But like you walk away and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I was like, please, what am I not seeing? I was going like, to say, call me out. Yeah, more of that. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get better with my, you know, myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That just sounds, all of it sounds really wonderful i mean it's it's good it's it is really nice to have a way to let go for a little while um everybody could always use a little bit more peace and so even if you don't end up believing in it you know i would say which i don't think is really going to be the case but you know give give these different practices a try find something that you enjoy and go for it you know the worst that you do is you you lose a saturday so what Mm -hmm. the best thing is that you find something that really gives you meaning to life and you can continue to do that as a thing that enriches you yeah i just keep learning yeah. i really like learning <laughs> same <laughs> I don't, mercury silly. like i like <laughs> like what is this and i don't sometimes i'll like read stuff i don't do anything with it i just want to know i think it's fun um but i wouldn't know that i didn't want to do whatever it is if i hadn't learned about it right and be if i wasn't that seeker so i think it's really important that you you know mention that just be a seeker and feel things out and and it seems like Lilydale is a great place to be that. Yeah, <laughs> and, definitely. You know, like, a good starting point. Yeah, and like to be able to talk to like a human about something, not just like read on the internet or it sounds amazing. Yeah. Like, it's just like a, this bubble of just knowledge and in that realm, like, oh, I want to learn about shamanic journey and there's somebody there that yep. can do it or... You know, or tarot, or it's probably a class on it. Yeah. I was gonna say, and if wow. there's not, there will be soon. All right, so this is the end of the first half of this episode with Ferranti and Jeff. Episode part one, Ferranti and Jeff. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Um, this year was a lot of fun, and I feel like they. What you guys? Think <laughs> I like to talk like there's people in the room, you know. You can leave a comment. Leave a comment. Um, yeah, no, it was great. It was great having them over and talking. And they're just both so knowledgeable on so much. 
I feel like I learned something whenever I absolutely. I really, 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 really enjoyed hearing about the mesmerizing stuff. The mesmer, mesner. Well, they've sold me on Lilydale, so we'll be going there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So thanks for listening, guys. And there's Reiki at the end of the episode. Uh, Yeah. That's it. (laughs) See you guys later.